So in coaching, we often talk about the struggles of social media and the expectations uh, that are placed on our players and how that presents a lot of challenges, especially mental challenges for them. But I don't think we talk nearly enough about the challenges it puts on us as coaches. I mean, if you pull up social media and you scroll through that, and within five minutes, you can easily feel like you're the only coach who isn't staying up all night watching film, listening to 10 podcasts a day, and reading a book a week. We, we can fall so easily into this comparison trap and end up feeling like we have to be working all the time, consuming all the time, learning all the time. This is one of the many inner battles that we face as as coaches. And in the second part of our conversation with Lucas Jaden, uh, today's episode, we're going to discuss how to face those challenges, as well as the most incredible activity that I believe you could run for your team this season. Welcome to the Coaching Culture Podcast brought to you by Thrive on Challenge. I'm JP Nurbin, joined by my friend and co-host Nate Sanderson. Each week in about 30 minutes, we discuss important principles and strategies of transformational leadership. At Thrive on Challenge, we help coaches to raise the standards and strengthen the relationships in their program because we know this type of culture produces better leaders, better people, and better results. To learn more about how we can help you, go to thriveonchallenge.com, where you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and get the coaching notes to every episode of this podcast. You mentioned earlier, and we kind of cut you off, but you were kind of going into, obviously you didn't learn all this stuff and you didn't just pursue this passion and, and, and figure this out just in high school. You've done a lot since then. So after high school, kind of what it, where did your path take you that kind of led you down this yeah. path of, of mental skills coach? Yeah, that, that did kind of jump. That was not, <laughs> um, but it, so very, just kind of briefly, I went to a, a small university uh, outside of my hometown, about three hours away, University of Wisconsin, La Crosse. And uh, I was initially going to run there, uh, distance run, but I just, uh, when you are restricted by fear, and I still was in this place of figuring things out, the grind, I didn't have it in me to have races one day and then go to bed and not sleep the night before. And like, I just didn't have it in me. So I was like, I'm done uh, running. I want to transition. And that gave me time to really research and figure out what I was doing. I probably skipped a quarter of my classes, um, not to like, not because they weren't good, but I was at the library studying the mental side of things. Like that's just what I, I was full on about. So I just really started reading and working. And then I started coaching my first team. Um, at the uh, Lacrosse Logan High School, I coached their JV girls basketball team, and I got as much as good of an education there as any coach listening to this could probably agree with. Of you know what you think you know versus what you actually know. But uh, I, I, so I taught or coached there uh, for a couple of years. Had some amazing mentors. Graduated as a teacher. I taught uh, four years in seventh grade, and then also simultaneously uh, coached basketball. Uh, ended up coaching at Appleton North High School with some very good friends that that brought me in. And that's where uh, I met my partner now, Joshua Medcalf, at a uh, basketball skills clinic. He had come in to speak. And I almost we almost left uh, before Joshua spoke. Honestly, we were like, eh, the mental guy? Like, I don't know. Like, we got a two-hour ride going back. Like, we've got, we've got enough stuff. But then we waited. I filled up my notebook. Like, this is exactly what I've been working on, you know, reading myself and um, started uh, applying it to our group. We had just lost 
uh, when I was coaching in the high school group. We had just lost in the sectional semifinals that year mm -hmm. to a team that we had beat twice. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it didn't come down to not being able to physically beat them. We show up and get beat. And it was like the mental area was a huge area for growth. And it was my passion. So it just kind of fell into being my area. And our head coach was Joe Russell at the time. And what a cool guy to allow me to just, hey, he wanted me to take the group and see what I could do. And so that following year, we started to turn mental skills into just something we talked about into a system, you know, into a, something that we did um, not by accident, but on purpose. And they were kind of my guinea pigs. And that year we made it to state for the first time in a very, very long time. Uh, got our butts kicked at state, but uh, uh, learned a lot there. And then came back the following years and won back-to-back -back state titles. Uh, and the response towards the mental skills stuff was uh, really kind of widespread. And so I started just implementing, implementing, started teaching it on my own to anybody that would listen uh, and was willing to do it. Uh, I was doing it for free, you know, just wanting to get reps in. And, uh, and so, yeah. And so part of that then, as I did that, we designed, my family and I designed uh, some camps for kids with special needs to be a part of like this mental training. You know, we wanted an event that would uh, enhance what we were trying to teach from an area of connection of gratitude you know just really embracing perspective because any winter sport knows that around january perspective can go out the window when it's dark um when every you know only five kids are playing at a time and you know parents are getting that revelation of wow my kid's not playing as much as what i wanted uh, there's a lot of things going on there it's tiring finals are around that time for high schoolers and so we started doing these camps where uh, we would bring in these kiddos of all different sorts of special needs. And the only role that my athletes had was you pair up with them one-to-one -one and you make their day great. Phenomenal. And uh, so that looked like some kids would come in and they could literally play one-on-one. -on -one. Maybe they just had a little bit of a language challenge to work through and they were running. One kid at uh, one clinic put on four miles running around the gym. <laughs> He was like seven or eight. And his partner is one job, keep him in the gym and stay right next to him. And that's what that kid did. Um, other kids would come in and they would sit down, pretzel leg, not want to play. So their partner, one of my freshmen through seniors, their role was figure out how to make this day great for, for him or her. So that might have been just rolling the ball back and forth um, and everything in between. And then the parents come in. And they watch from the bleachers. They get to watch this happen. Uh, and you can imagine the type of response. You know, and I had one parent, I'll never forget for me, it was a solidifying moment. She comes in with her, her son and she's like, Lucas, you know, he is pumped up to be here. And he had on these bright shoes and it was right after Christmas. She's like, he just got these brand new shoes just for Inspire Clinics. And I'm like, wow, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. And she's like, yeah. And he put them on on Thursday and it was Saturday morning and he won't take them off. So he <laughs> slept in his shoes, got up, was all day in them. And uh, so, so stories like that, we have, you know, hundreds of stories like that. And the point of it is those kids have an amazing day. The kids with special needs and their parents, they finally get to maybe breathe a little bit from the amazing efforts that they're giving. But at an even higher level from a coach, I want my athletes and me, myself, uh, to be reminded 
of what we get to do. You know, that we can trick ourselves into, I have to do this to-do list. Um, that, you know, I'm obliged to be here. I'm obliged to sit on the bench to this team or whatever it is. And those kids, they just remind us of the energy that's inherent within us and that uh, it's a privilege to just be a part of a group and to be out there and, and play. So that's Inspire Sports. And the reason I bring that up is because that was like my entrepreneurial side. I think I said that wrong, but like <laughs> I, I really kicked it in there. Uh, and then when I met Joshua, I think me joining him was a combination of what I've done, what I did with Inspire. I think at that time we had about 10,000 athletes coming in um, and working through programs of, of coaches that were running them. And then I was simultaneously pairing the mental skills with this in, in the work. And uh, it was just a good natural fit for us going forward. And so that was how I kind of worked into this mental side of things. And then today, you know, it's been three years where I've been doing this full time. And uh, it's just been such a beautiful journey for myself to continue to evolve. A uh, personal belief of mine as a wrap up here is like, um, I believe that souls go to earth to evolve. Like I just fundamentally believe we are put here to evolve. I believe that's my purpose, not to do anything extrinsically, but to become the best version of me. And the people that I get to encounter, much like you two today, just continue to help me reach higher levels of awareness for myself and, and for other people. And so it's, it's been, a, I've been blessed to be on this journey. Well, it's, it's really cool to hear your story. Um, a lot of bits that I didn't know there, but there was one bit that I did, which is the Inspire Sports. And we actually had Kevin Orr, uh, who's yeah. a Wisconsin coach up there as well. And he came on, he shared a little bit with our coaches, the podcast, this, and uh, we have kind of a TOC community, uh, which round tables where we get a bunch of coaches together, you know, every, every week. And, you know, he shared this, you know, back in April and May. And I mean, I I'd say probably I've heard at least of 25 plus coaches that have run similar camps because, you know, of Kevin Orr's story, but he was obviously working with inspire. So you're, you said 10,000 athletes, but I don't, I think that's even bigger than you realize because I think yeah. other coaches wow. are seeing that. I wow. was doing something similar, you know, years ago, but I never did the partner up, you know, like the buddy. And then yeah. I also, I just loved your just simple principle of make their day great, right? Like just make sure they have a great day. And it, and that's it. Like that was honestly, it's, it's one of the most powerful team activities that you could have your team do. And it's really, really simple. And everyone's, you know, winning, everyone's getting something out of it. Right. Yeah. And the, the cool thing is we actually tied it to our fundraiser too. I was so sick of selling crap and uh, <laughs> we just, we made it our fundraiser. Like we're going to do this and we would send out pictures because those pictures are unbelievable. And we'd ask the people to support the efforts of what they're doing. And it, the fundraiser is unbelievable. <laughs> um, and I, as a coach, I would just wrap, like share this too of like, I've had kids that I love all my athletes, loved them, did not like all of them. And I think that's just fair to say, like some of them got my grinders and this camp. Um, I remember one kid in particular, I was helping coach a cross country team. And this kid did not work nearly as hard as what he could have. He had so much in him. And like, I just, I couldn't, I was doing everything I could to reach him. And there was just that angst of the feeling of myself not being able to meet him and him not giving <laughs> near as much as what he could while we had other athletes who would die to have his 
uh, not die, but really <laughs> would love to have his innate talent. And at this clinic, I can remember this image. We're towards the end of our year. It's during this tough time. And he has a three-year-old girl who is just a cute little girl. And uh, he goes up and she was nervous about coming in because we'd have 50 to 80 kids at some of these clinics. And he goes up and now I'm like, great. How's Sean here? How is Sean going to handle this? Like, let me just watch this. Kind of ready to jump in and help. He puts his arm around her, gets down to her level, smiles bigger than what you could imagine, ties her shoes for her, introduces himself to her parents who are probably going, oh God, is this going to work for my daughter? And for the next hour and a half, I saw a level of leadership from him where I was like, whoa, this is incredible. And I get goosebumps just sharing it because over and over again, it helped me to see the best side of a lot of my athletes too. And I think that's a powerful thing that they would consistently, kids that I thought, you, I don't know how you're going to be able to do this, would rise to the occasion, would just rise to it. And so, um, yeah, and thank you, JP and, and Nate, for, for sharing and giving Kevin the, the space to be able to share about Inspire. I mean, if I would encourage anybody to go listen to Coach Orr. You can just see a guy that truly cares about what really matters, and we're blessed to just be one of the organizations that get to work with him. Yeah, he's just one of the most positive and transformational leaders that I know. And for coaches that are listening that want to learn more about Inspire, you can check out our episode with Kevin Orr. It's episode 104 of Coaching Culture, and Kevin talks a little bit about how he ran one of these Inspire camps at his school. Every coach that I know that has taken that and run it with their own program says the same thing. It's incredibly transformational. Now, over the last few years, uh, Lucas, I know you've been working with some really high-level programs, uh, the Dodgers being one of them. For coaches listening to this podcast that may not have the budget to be able to hire a mental skills coach, what are some other strategies they can use within their own team to improve the mental toughness of their athletes? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I think, in JP, we kind of talked about this off air is the first thing is just ask. You know, like uh, a lot of people assume so-and-so is not going to help me or, oh, I could never afford them without even asking. <laughs> well, and from me, from my sake, at least through quarantine, people are were way more giving and available than what I ever imagined they would be. And so uh, I try to replicate it. You know, I've, I've been blessed from high school coaches empowering me. I get to still coach at Appleton North High School. And I look at the coaches in that room. Many of them are, are just as skilled, if not even more, than a lot of the college pro coaches I get to work with. So I have tremendous, tremendous respect for high school coaches. And so the first thing is if it's me that they want my insights on to just ask. You know, I, I might not be able to come to you or do a, a Zoom, but there's a lot of options uh, to be able to work with people. And so, and that just isn't for me, but somebody else you know, that you want to reach out to, reach out to them, you know, and just ask. But then otherwise, um, I really challenged over quarantine people to stop consuming at the rates that they were and start creating. So stop consuming one book every two days. Stop consuming three podcasts a day. There was some wild stuff that I was hearing. Um, and rather start writing down once a day the best thing that you learned today, or look back at what you've already learned and just write it down. Um, 
the the amount of knowledge that every one of your listeners has within you already is tremendous. And so I would encourage them to do that. I come from an educator's background and Bloom's taxonomy is levels of learning. You know, like which level of learning are we at? Number one is identify, two is just comprehend. Can I read it and regurgitate it? I see many leaders who are well-intended that don't get beyond just, I'm gonna read it and memorize it, you know, maybe it'll work. But level three is where we start to analyze things. How does what I learned today fit into my system? You know, how do you read when in the dark or our resources and put your spin on it? Like, how do you do that? That to me is level three. And that requires you to start to go backwards and work. And then level four is synthesis. And level four is where you start to teach it and share it. And so for mental skills, I would just encourage coaches, you know, maybe read a little, continue reading a little bit, but really prioritize writing out. What do you already know about mental skills? What have you learned? Start a blog, start a weekly newsletter to your parents and to kids, but like start doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, and then the, the last thing, you know, if I could just get right to the bolts of it, when I work with a team, if you can, number one, um, build a collective culture. And I base culture off of the people. It's all around the people. You know, your buildings, your cool stuff that you have don't win championships or earn money. Your people do. and so. Falling in love with your people, uh, knowing them. And our culture, I define as what are our beliefs? What is the language? How do you speak fluent, whatever your culture is? For the Dodgers, that's how do we speak fluent Dodgers. For the Texas Longhorns, how do I speak fluent Longhorn? But what is your language? Your technical words? But then I would encourage them to get a mental skills word list. Um, Turn that into behaviors. And then ultimately, you're going to get your experiences, your results that reinforce your beliefs. Um, So get very intentional about what are those things. Build a culture blueprint that is established by the group, the core group. So establish what do you believe and then layer in what are the most important mental skills to keep us open, to keep us freed up when we get pressured, when we get, you know, outside circumstances. In the book, we talk about OBE. I think every culture has an OBE limit where they are overcome by events. In my opinion, that's where mental skills comes in. You set who do you want to be as a group, um, and then you layer in the mental skills to raise the OBE limit of your group. And for me, mental skills, that's, you know, how do we train them to press pause, to control the controllables, and choose the next best action? So at a very simple level, I would just encourage coaches, do that. Who are you? What are your beliefs? What's your language? What's your behaviors? And then get that set ahead of time to get collective buy-in and then layer in how do we consistently train mental skills to keep us committed to that so we're not overcome by events at a very low level. I love that OBE. I think it's a really clever way, you know, just of of framing it because it's, it's, you know, it's easy to lay out those behaviors, values and all that but getting them to identify beforehand, even just what are the events that could derail us from that? You know, I think that's so, so important. The other thing you said, I think, which is, I just want to come back to, which is this, this consumer 
type, you know, we're just constantly consuming content like podcasts. Like I've got coaches that have emailed. They're like, I've listened to every coaching culture podcast two, three times. I'm like, what have you actually done with that? You know, you have to be taking stuff and applying it. I mean, the very, you know, the way that Thrive on Challenge started for me was was working with Jamie, who's, you know, be a trained to be clutch. And Jamie's like, start writing about it. Start writing about your experiences. And and, and you, you read a book, write about it. It's the same process you were talking about there of just like applying it. And that that's where I really started to learn. And then I started to try teaching it to my players. You know, I, I think that that's huge, huge advice that not enough coaches, uh, you know, hear enough of because it's honestly, it's easy today to consume. Like audiobooks are easy, podcasts are easy. You throw the headphones in, it makes doing the dishes and mowing the lawn a lot easier. It's easy to consume a lot of content, but to really I go out and apply it, that's really where the work comes in. Yeah. Now you're and now it's a it's a mental trap, which is why I, I really work with the in our one-on-one stuff. Like I want to unlock people from that. That's a that action. Now a lot of people might be like, well, how do I fix that action? To me, that's just a symptom to what's going on internally, which somewhere in us is the belief of I, I'm not, I don't have enough, right? Mm-hmm. Or like, I don't got enough. I'm not going to be okay. And so how do they adapt to that fear is by always more, more, more. And then we wonder why we can't be present. But then here's how a lot of teacher coaches days look. Get up at 6 a.m. Do something, you know, get yourself some sort of workout. Um, while listening to a podcast. So you're physically working out, but mentally I'm off in space somewhere. Then scramble with the kids to get them off to school. Get yourself to school. Then teach a class, which is 100 miles an hour, or go to your job, 100 miles an hour. Okay, take a lunch break, if you even get a lunch break, um, or allow yourself a lunch break. During that lunch break, I'm going to pop in another video while I'm eating, looking at the podcast. Get back into teaching. Okay, wrap up my teaching day, run to my sports practice, take care of the odds and ends that came up there because God knows there's a lot. Okay, then wrap up practice. Well, now I have a 10 minute commute. So I'm going to put my podcast back in, listen to my podcast, go home. And then your wife or husband is going, hey, thanks for finally showing up. I love you. I love that you are coaching and so committed, but I need help here. So take the kid. And now you're going, why can't I be present with my kid? Why can I only think about what I was doing on that podcast? Well, the whole day you were running around with a chicken with your head cut off. And I am sharing this because I know the feeling. And so we just really have to look at if we want to live a life of ease internally, then we have to work on that. And I would say for a lot of people, it's better training to practice ease during their day than it is to try and get one more factoid. Because our mind totally is making up that that is going to be the factoid that's finally going to do blank for you. You know, it's the whole trap of if I just get blank, then I will finally be healthy, free, happy, whatever it is. And it's just nothing external that we're going to learn is going to necessarily solve an internal challenge or hold up. It has to be an internal job, but most people are constantly delegating into the external, which results in us being overbooked, overstuffed, people pleasing to the fault. And, um, you know, the opposite of ease is dis ease. 
over years of dis-ease, it turns into disease. The hardest thing for me to see is phenomenal people and coaches who in the name of winning a championship have run their lives like this for so long and then at a very young age come up unhealthy, sick, um, and just can't be who they, they know they can be. That's what really right now, it gets me and it scares me because athletics and our world is, is impacted at such a high level by incredible coaches. Outside of parents, I don't know if there's greater impactors for our youth than coaches who are healthy and operating out of love and courage. And so when great coaches get caught up and run down over time and are facing disease like that, yeah, that, that's what really scares me. So what I really appreciate about you and what you kind of shared with us today is that these things aren't just things that are going to help our athletes. Honestly, they've probably been more relevant and helpful for us as coaches, coaches with our own mental game. It's it's a real challenge for most coaches. Like we struggle with confidence. We struggle to keep things, you know, first things first, and we struggle just to be present. So thank you. Thank you. This has been incredible stuff. Uh, and I want to encourage coaches to check out the book, Win in the Dark. I'll put a link in the details of this episode. But for those that want to reach out and connect with you, ask you questions, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, the best, I would say, you know, I'm on Twitter uh, somewhat. Uh, so so there, I, I do get direct messages there. Otherwise, our website, t2bc.com, um, our emails are there. At the end of Win in the Dark, we have our, our emails listed in there. And so that would be the best route to get there. Before you wrap, I want to thank you too, uh, Nate and JP, for taking time out of your lives to create and, uh, and help coaches and, and leaders of any realm and athletes uh, be at their best. So I, I really do appreciate you too. And I hope all your listeners, uh, I don't, you know, however they take it, can just feel that I'm coming from a place of, of love and compassion for them and just really also thank them for spending all this time today. Well, I really appreciate Lucas coming to the podcast and sharing with us. If you found this valuable, I hope you will find it worthwhile to support his work by supporting his book. Uh, Buy a copy of Win in the Dark. Many of our coaches in the mentorship program have read it. Uh, They read it with their teams and they found it really valuable. If you are interested in running a camp like the Inspire Sports Camp, you can check out Inspire Sports at their website, inspiresportswi.org, and also you can check out episode 104 of the Coaching Culture Podcast. There, Kevin Orr shares his story, uh, which since that episode, I know dozens of other coaches who have run a similar camp, and everyone says it's the best thing they did as a team all year. We'll have links to the book. We'll have links to that episode of the podcast to inspire sports. That will all be in the notes to this episode and every episode Uh, notes. They're available if you subscribe to the Thrive on Challenge newsletter. All you need to do is uh, go to thriveonchallenge.com or click on the link in the details of this episode and you can get the notes to this and every episode.